Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. Well, good morning, PCF Church. It's lovely to see you and um, I've got a message that I want to hook up with what Wayne was talking to us about. Um, A couple of weeks ago, he shared a Martha series and he ended with Martha 3 talking about our homes becoming a temple or a church. And I want to uh, carry on with that and talk about at home. But the title of our message today is, Are You Present at Home? Are you present at home? Starting with the story of Jesus, he's walking through Jericho, passing through, and it's noisy, it's busy. Um, The crowds are following after him, but there's a man who really wants to see Jesus. So he actually runs ahead of the crowd. He runs ahead and he climbs a tree because he wants to position himself so he could be in a place where he's not distracted by the crowd and he gets to have a really good view of Jesus passing by. Well, you probably have guessed this man's name is Zacchaeus. But just because you know the story well, don't shut down because I believe I've got something really important for us today that you could um, apply to your life and your home. So Zacchaeus, he's up the tree. He's positioned himself. He's really wanting to see Jesus. And you'll notice in the story, if you find it, it's in Luke 19, 1 to 10. Jesus is interested in the man who wants to be present. He notices the man who's present and up the tree and looking for him. He sees him. He's noticing uh, Zacchaeus and he he notices he's got eye contact with him. He, in this passage, we don't read of anybody else. We don't read of any other names, only Zacchaeus. He was present when Jesus was walking by. I was in a restaurant one day And um, we were sitting down together as a family, enjoying pizza. And I looked across and there was a table there where they had a family. uh, And there was two boys and a husband and wife. And they chose from the menu, ordered their meal. And from there on, they didn't actually have a conversation. They didn't talk to each other. Their devices came out and they just stared at those and then the meal came and they ate while they played on their devices. And at one point, um, the man just lifted up his newspaper in front of uh, the boys and continued to read until they were all done, folded up the paper and they paid the bill and left. They were in each other's presence, but they weren't present. I think we've all been guilty of this, haven't we? Think about it. How often have you gone to school and sat in a lesson, a business meeting, and even in church, and we are physically present, but are we really present? Are we present in His presence? 
God is everywhere. He's what we call omnipresent. But are we really present? In Jeremiah 23, 23 to 24, it says this. Am I a God who is only close at hand, says the Lord? No, I am far away at the same time. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and in all the earth, says the Lord? God is everywhere, but are we present? In the very beginning, you'll see with Adam and Eve, God used to visit them in the garden, and, and it only mentions it once, but I get the impression that this is something God did every day. He met with them in the cool of the day, and they were present with him in the presence. But did you notice on the day that they sinned, they hid away, and even in their sin, God came in Genesis 3 verse 8 and he's calling Adam and he's saying, Adam, where are you? He still wanted Adam to be present in his presence. Do you know that after Jesus saw Zacchaeus, he said to him, I want you to come down. I want you to come down out of that tree because I want to come to your house. And in the King James Version, it puts it so lovely. It says, today I must abide at your house. The word abide is not just visit. It leaves us with this impression that he wanted to stay. He wanted to get into Zacchaeus' house and stay for a while. When Jesus came into his house, when he went to abide in Zacchaeus' house, Zacchaeus became present in the presence of Jesus. And you know what happened to him? He suddenly was convicted of the way he'd been living. He said, I, you know, I want to give back to those that I've stolen from. I, I don't want to live like this anymore. Suddenly, there was a change because Zacchaeus was present in the presence of Jesus. In Luke 19 verse 9, it says it's in a most lovely way. We, we use a word in, in, our, in our versions, which is salvation. But for those that don't really understand what that means, the Passion puts it like this. Jesus said to him, this shows that today life has come to you and your household. When Jesus comes to abide in your house and you are present in his presence, life comes into your household. You know, in the Old Testament, they didn't have the presence of God like what we have now living inside of us. They used to have the presence of God in a box which was called the Ark of the Covenant. And um, they used to carry this box around on um, poles. People used to put it on their shoulders and carry it. And they were told that the presence of God lived between these angels that were on the box. Now I want to show you a video clip because I think this video clip describes the Ark of the Covenant in a much better way than I do. So check this out. And they shall make an Ark of acacia wood. Two and a half cubits shall be its length, a cubit and a half its width, and a cubit and a half its height. And you shall overlay it with pure gold. Inside and out you shall overlay it 
and shall make on it a moulding of gold all around. You shall cast four rings of gold for it, and put them in its four corners. Two rings shall be on one side, and two rings on the other side. And you shall make poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with gold. You shall put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark, that the ark may be carried by them. The poles shall be in the rings of the ark, they shall not be taken from it. And you shall put into the ark the testimony which I will give you. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two and a half cubits shall be its length, and a cubit and a half its width. And you shall make two cherubim of gold, of hammered work you shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub at one end, and the other cherub at the other end, and you shall make the cherubim at the two ends of it one piece with the mercy seat. And the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and they shall face one another. The faces of the cherubim shall be toward the mercy seat. You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. And there I will meet with you, and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim which are on the ark of the testimony, about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. So the ark of the covenant was a physical representation of the presence of God. And in 1 Samuel, Four and five, this Ark of the Covenant was actually captured by the Philistines during a battle with Israel. And they took the Ark of the Covenant to their temple and they placed it in front of an idol called Dagon. Now, when they went to check in the morning how things were going, Dagon was face down in front of the Ark of the Covenant, face down in the presence of God. They stood him back up and then the next morning they came to have a look. Dagon wasn't just flat on his face. He was decapitated and lost his arms. He was just a torso. The Philistines, they began to become very ill with tumors and they were afraid now of the Ark of the Covenant. So they decided they needed to get rid of it. They put it on a cart with some um, cows and they sent it off. And the Ark of the Covenant or the presence of God then eventually ended up in a man's house. The man's name was Obed-Eden. Now when he arrived in his house, he found a place for it, and this ark lived there for three months. The presence of God lived in Obed-Eden's home for three months. And the people started to report to King David, you won't believe how Obed-Edom is being blessed, how because of the presence of God being in his home, he is prospering him and his household. David was so blessed by this that he wanted to have a tent made and move the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. So the one day he decided to move it, and this is what the scripture tells us, how David moved the Ark of the Covenant to this special resting place in this tent. 2 Samuel 6 verse 12 to 15 says, So David went there and brought the Ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with a great celebration. After the men who were carrying the Ark of the Lord 
had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and blowing ram's horns. David worshipped, he danced, he sacrificed every six steps. In the presence of God, you could say, David was present in the presence. However, Michael, Saul's daughter, she was totally unimpressed. In fact, she was disgusted by David's behavior. He was dancing and celebrating because God had been so good to him and given him the position of becoming the king. But she didn't like this. She was offended at the presence. She wasn't present. And if you have a look in 2 Samuel 6, Verse 23, it says she remained childless throughout her entire life. She lost the connection. There was no blessing. She lost intimacy and she lost the ability to carry life. She wasn't present in the presence. So you see how important it is to be present in the presence. The Philistines, they had possession of the presence of God but it didn't benefit them. Michael, she, she experienced and saw the presence of God, but it didn't bring any life to her because they weren't present. How do we become present in the presence? How do we have life come into our homes? Well, God's presence is still everywhere, but we don't have a box anymore where the presence of God lives. When we except Jesus as our Lord and Savior. He comes to live on the inside of us. His presence moves into the inside of us. I want to read to you 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16 to 17. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. He comes to live inside us. We carry the presence. But you know, in the passion, oh, it says it's so lovely. It says, the spirit of God makes his permanent home in you. But we still have a choice. We have to make a choice to be present in his presence. We have a choice to give him our attention to give him our eye contact. Now I want to help us. How do we do that? How do we get present in the presence? Well, I think we have to ask ourselves a couple of questions. Does God's presence fit into your home? Does he fit into your schedule? See, Obed-Edom, he made a place in his house for the ark, didn't he? A place for the presence of God to be in his home. David, he made a tent so that he could put the Ark of the Covenant into that place. He made a place. And Zacchaeus, he said yes. When Jesus invited himself to come to Zacchaeus' house, he didn't say, oh, you know, I better nip home and clean up and make everything tidy before you come. He just said yes to, God's pre to Jesus' presence coming into his home. We need to 
create a regular place. Like Zacchaeus, put away the distraction. Don't get bothered about what the crowd is saying. Create a regular time and place in your home. Time where you can pray. Time where you can read your Bible. Time where you can worship. Where you can be present in his presence. If you make a place for him, be sure he will fill it. Another question for you. Do you demonstrate appreciation for the presence? Oh, David, didn't he celebrate? He celebrated really extravagantly. He worshipped. He became aware of God's presence. In fact, every six steps he sacrificed. This reminds me of what Wayne preached in the Martha series. Here was Mary in the home and Jesus was visiting and she broke that perfume over his feet, didn't she? And she dried it with her hair. This was extravagant worship. Do we worship God at home? Do you put on music and just sing out loud and praise the Lord in your home? Do you have a time when you actually share and talk about the goodness of God? Do you break bread together at the table, together as a family, just remembering the goodness of God of how he died for you and how he's risen and all the benefits of healing and forgiveness. Do you celebrate the presence of God in your home? Do you have an awareness of him? Every six steps of your day, are you having conversations with him on how to get through your day? Every six steps. Next question for you. Does the presence of God affect the atmosphere in your home? You know, in just three months, Obed-Eden's home was changing. The people noticed that he was prospering because of the presence of God in his home. King David, wow, he was leaping and joyful and so excited. His physical body changed because of the atmosphere of the presence of God. His body language changed. The presence of God changed the atmosphere in Zacchaeus' house too. Suddenly he wanted to be generous. He wanted to give back what he'd stolen. He didn't want to be a notorious sinner anymore. The atmosphere changed in his home. Do people notice that your home is different? Do they notice that there's a change in the atmosphere when they come in your home. Is the atmosphere in your home impacted with joy and generosity? Going back to that story that Wayne told us of how Mary was breaking that uh, perfume bottle over Jesus' feet and wiping his feet with her hair. It actually says, tells us in John 12 that the house was filled with the fragrance. Her hair would have been filled with fragrance. The atmosphere had changed. Now, I told you just earlier that Jesus comes to live on the inside of us. So when we worship extravagantly, what happens to the inside of us? The atmosphere changes. Our attitudes change. We look different. Our body language changes. We give off a different fragrance. The atmosphere changes. 
that we carry. Have you ever had a power outage in your home? The power has tripped. Well, we used to have a lot of that in South Africa because we used to have horrendous uh, thunderstorms. And uh, when the power went down, the alarm would go from the house. Or if it was at night, then we'd be sitting in the dark and it, it wasn't much fun at all. And if we didn't reconnect, well, we would have a leaking freezer with a lot of smelly food. So it was really important when we noticed that there was no presence of electricity, we had to get reconnected. So we even trained the children. We trained them on how you had to go to the garage, find the trip switch, knew which one to touch and push it back on and be reconnected to the presence of electricity. Some of us might have noticed an alarm going off or we might have noticed it's a little bit dark or there's something a bit smelly and off in our homes. It's time to get reconnected to the presence, to become present in his presence. This is an opportunity in our time of what you might want to call lockdown, where we can't meet as a church in a building, to reconnect to the presence of God in your home. So why don't you do that today? I gave you a couple of points. I said, why don't you create a schedule today of how you can connect to the presence of God in your home? Why don't you start celebrating the goodness of God in a regular, every six steps, a regular basis in your home? Why don't you allow the presence of God to change the atmosphere in your home? Reconnect to the presence, get present in his presence. I'd like to just close for us today. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you give us an awareness again of your presence. And we want to today commit to be present in your presence. We want to make a purposeful, determined effort to make a choice to be present in your presence. Because as we've heard in this message, every time we're present with you, it brings blessing, it brings prosperity, it brings life. So today we choose to be present in your presence in our homes. In Jesus' name, amen.